Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast. Coming up this week, we speak to a legend of local sport. Alison Merrion joins us as she prepares to head back out onto the World Bowls stage. We'll also round up some of the standout stories of the week and look ahead to what's coming up over the next seven days too. I'm Tony Kerr and alongside me is Gareth Prevo. Hi, Tony. Jamie Ingrill. Hi, Tony. And Rob Baptiste. Hello. Great to see you all chaps in our new podcast studio slash slightly updated one. <laughs> We have, uh, yeah, we have some sound. There's a lot of the black, wall. Tony. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Is we're this gonna... just a matural mood with the Newcastle <laughs> situation? Uh, yeah, less said about that, the better. Let's start with our moments of the week. Um, Rob, what's caught your eye? Well, it has to be the um, the news emanating from Hugues de Pommier and the um, sale of the indoor sports centre to Rob Jones. Um, um, I. What I hear about the um, the plans for this this new football centre sounds absolutely remarkable. Just wish I was young again to take advantage of it. To be honest, it sounds absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, the more more I think about it, uh, I just think it's going to be potentially a roaring success. It's a great facility. Um, you know, we need to thank obviously John Ravenscroft for for getting this um, this arena sort of built all all those years ago. It's just a shame that perhaps you know the um, it came probably about 20 years too late to take real advantage of cricket when it was really flying. Unfortunately, when by the time the ICG was, was built, cricket was on a, a quite a serious downturn in terms of popularity. And, you know, I think it, as I say, if it had been built in the, in the 80s or 90s, well, yeah, I'm sure it would have been absolutely hugely um, important for Guernsey sport. But nevertheless, there's been a lot of good things happening down there, great nets, um, the um, indoor nets and scene, and it's you know very fine facility. So let's hope it goes on to a to be um, great success in the future. Yeah, a few iterations down there for sure. Um, I suppose one group that are now looking for a new home are the gymnasts that, that have been using the indoor sports centre for a little while. Um, that's a sport that's grown in popularity quite considerably, I think, in in recent years. And um, I'm sure a lot of work is going on behind the scenes. Uh, now to find a solution there. Yeah, let's hope they um, they do find somewhere because um, I remember um, going back <laughs> probably 25, 30 years when they were uh, still utilising the old sheds at the gas on the gas board property and where B and Q is now, I guess, one of the really old buildings, and they had a fantastic um, little spot there. And uh, Gary Walbridge, I think, was running the uh, gymnastics at the time, and they were. You know, they were scratching their heads, wondering where they could go. Um, and, of course, they did pack up for a while, and then they went around to a few schools. But it was never quite the same. They didn't have a home until they found Hugh de Pommier. And now, sadly, it looks like they've lost their home again. So um, good luck in that quest for some proper headquarters, because it's a great sport. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they'll find a solution soon. Uh, Jamie, what's your pick? Um, for me, it has to be Guernsey regaining their tennis intervention title at Longcamp. Um, it had been 14 years precisely since they had last won it. So obviously a monumental feat. Um, you could see the last couple of years have been a bit kinder to Guns even they have Jersey. I think if players like Scott Clayton have moved across to paddle, it's like fast growing sister sports. Um, generally, Guernsey had the more experienced sides. Jersey had five newbies. But effectively, yeah, uh, Guernsey put in real concerted efforts and 
won all four of the deciding doubles, which was a nice finishing touch. It's a bit of a story of interinsulars at the moment that, that certainly from what we've seen at hockey and tennis, that Jersey have come over and basically had to leave almost as soon as they arrive. It's uh, the schedule's yeah. not being kind to them, and I know that pretty much they managed to hand the hand the trophy over to Guernsey at the end and then uh, basically leg it up to the airport. <laughs> yeah, it's um, the new world, Tony. <laughs> yeah, I think some people would say, uh, yeah, good to see the back of them so quickly. Don't want them hanging around. Um, but no, it's bring back of, the sailing ships, I say. Well, you know, and go down. It is a bit of a shame though that the, you know a bit more time. You know, can't be spent in the bar afterwards. Uh, you know, for these for these um, uh, squads to get to know each other a bit. You know, a bit more. I know that a couple of new faces in the Guernsey lineup, which certainly helped. And I guess it, yeah, it bodes well for an Island Games coming up in eighteen months or so. Um, that that sort of Guernsey tennis has got their hands back on that trophy and you know, perhaps can look forward to challenging for medals come twenty twenty three. Yeah, definitely. Um, I probably should have mentioned that the score was nine three, so it wasn't close. But um, yeah, quite fittingly, we had that important seventh win coming from Guernsey captain Rob West and his new partner Ollie Cole. Yeah, big contribution from from the new faces in that lineup. So yeah, good to see. Congratulations to Guernsey's tennis players. Uh, Gareth, anything caught your eye this week? Well, I just want to give a quick shout out um, last week to an old schoolmate of mine, um, Jamie Chambers. It was great to see him and his brother Nick playing for casuals um, in the men's division one hockey they're, they're sort of based off island these days they're, they're they're back over here for for a short period and um, they both turned out for their old club and um, while it was great to see um, JC one of my best mates from my school days it, I'm just amazed at basically how thin he is <laughs> we're both over 40 now and he looks in better shape than he ever has done and he, and he was he was always a very athletic lad so um, yeah it, it sort of put me to shame that's for sure um, it, it was a bit of a come down from the week before when the entrance sort of packed out the stand and because of the weather last week I was pretty much the only one watching in freezing cold but um, no it was really good to just uh, be able to see um, Jamie and Nick um, turn out for, for casuals in that game, although um, it, they ended up on the losing side because Yobbo's won to go top of the table. And I think it's going to be a really good um, title race in the men's division one. There's sort of three clubs, um, Yobbo's, Indies and Colombians, who probably all fancy their chances. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, exciting stuff. Um, yeah, you, you posted a photo of you sitting in the stand at Guernsey Hockey, cutting a very lonely figure there. It did make me laugh when I, just as I was sort of walking out onto the field, just about to start, I looked around and thinking, there's no one here. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, once the game started, a few people did sort of wander out from the bar and sat down and watched, and um, it turned into a very good game. But yeah, it was it was very different from the week before, where you had sort of commandeered the whole balcony for your cameras, <laughs> and... Um, and the stand was full, and I was banished to the other side of the pitch. And whereas this time, I had my pick of any seat I wanted. It was, it was quite a surreal experience, really. Yeah, fair weather journeys. Yeah, <laughs> these guys. Um, that's it for part one. Then coming up next, we'll be joined by Alison Merry. Welcome back. If you're enjoying the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, then do give us a rating or a review. And if you're listening on the Guernsey Press website, don't forget, you can also find us on the podcast app on your phone and Spotify too. So follow the show uh, wherever you do your listening. Now, like many of our sports people, Alison Merrion has seen her competitive opportunities cut short by COVID. But two years on from her last major international outing, she's set to return to the World Indoor Bowls Championship in January to compete in the singles and mixed pairs, both of which she's won before, of course. And I'm pleased to say she joins us now. Thanks for coming in, Ali. No problem at all. Great to see you. Um, it has been a while since you've been able to get involved in these uh, kind of competitions. Just how much are you looking forward to getting back to Potters in January? Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's been nice. Obviously, we can, we've had the pleasure of still being able to play in, in the island, but obviously going away for competition is, is what you miss. 
Um, so yeah, it's going to be my first sort of major competition for 18 months, uh, almost two years, I suppose. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to, to, to the competition. Yeah, from a playing perspective, how has your kind of last couple of years compared to, to some of the players you're going to come up against? I mean, presumably the situation here is, has maybe been a bit kinder than some of your competition? Yeah, obviously, um, I think a lot of the obviously UK indoor clubs have been closed during, during COVID. Um, they've only just started reopening. I know there's been a few competitions sort of since October. Um, so yeah, I've had obviously been playing, I say consistently, obviously during our, during our winter uh, period so I've I've been having that experience I suppose um, but obviously you do miss that the 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 competition experience that's the thing and uh, yeah it's, it's getting your mindset back ready for that. I've got a few weeks to go until you, you make the trip over there Christmas to fit in in between uh, which I'm sure is always a challenge to, to balance um, but what kind of shape do you feel like your game's in going into it? Yeah, it's coming together. Um, obviously, we're ramping up the, the, the practice as well as the playing competitions locally. Obviously, Ireland finals coming up. That's going to help as well. And um, hopefully, we'll, we'll play against Jersey literally the weekend before we go away. So that will really help to uh, focus, focus the mind. Um, Ali, obviously, it's a big fortnight coming up for the Ireland bowlers, indoor bowlers. But um, what hope do you what do you hope to get out of it? I mean, because you've won so, so much over the years. I mean, and qualified in multiple options shall we say um do you get a bit sort of not tired of it but certainly get a bit feel you might get a bit complacent uh no i look forward to it i think it's the competition and and playing different people obviously playing the leagues you you play with certain people i play with the same people a lot of the time but playing these knockouts you're playing with slightly different people against different people so it's um it's nice to have a different competition yeah so you don't struggle to raise your game in in local no, um, certainly, you know, you've got to focus the mind a bit more. It obviously helps when you get to go away and play competition. So, mm. so looking forward to that. Now, I know you and your husband Ian have put so much into bowls over the years. Um, do you see yourself sort of treading, the, you know, the, the carpets of Hugh Dupombe for many years? Because I know you sort of stepped back a little bit from... Um, the organisational side of things. Yeah, I've, I've taken a step back from from the admin side. Um, that was in April, so I'm just sort of reflecting on, on what I want to do, sort of going forward. And obviously, I'm still enjoying the bowls, and I'm still enjoying the competition going away. Um, but obviously, I'm sure there's a time that will come that I'll, I I won't want to travel as much to, to play the game. Um, but at the moment, while I feel I'm still at that level, I want to carry on. So it's, uh, um, yeah, obviously. When you get to play away, you get to play different people. And there are quite a few youngsters coming up now, obviously in bowls. I'm probably still quite young, but for playing at that top level, I'm actually getting on the, the older side of it. Um, and it's just nice that I can still play at that level and meet them. That's, that's, that's my, my target. And at Potters, what is special about the Potters Championships week? Um, it's literally, every, you know, it's focused. There's only one rink, so there's only one game going out on at a time. So each time you step on that rink, you are the focus of what people are there for, what you're there to, you could say, we're there to entertain them. Um, and it's just literally, you know, it's full focus. Um, I like to go out there and, and give it my all. And obviously you don't want to go out there and... and um, play badly but you also don't want to look silly <laughs> so it really does focus yeah. what you're out there to do and we see the BBC coverage year in year out and we see this seems to be a very loyal crowd it's always well attended and whatever but are they can you give us an idea about what Potters is like during that tournament is it full of those those people you see in the crowd are they in the sort of the resort and you you meet and talk and is it a 
all everybody lives bowls during that week? Um, pretty much. There's not much activity else apart from sort of the bowls that's going on. Um, they've actually got three different sort of bowl screens there. One of them is taken up for the championships. Um, the other is people go there to play competitions themselves sort of thing. So they'll, the potters will actually put on sort of a, a team event sort of while they're there. During that week. So they can play as well as watch, you know. So there's there's other activities. But it's I always class it as a, a an up-class bottlings, if you like, because there are entertainment in the evenings and, you know, there are it's shows. It's all bowls focused, on. isn't it? Uh, well, <laughs> the shows aren't. I mean, they put on some sort of miniature West End shows, if you like. And they are professionally done, you know. So it, there is other things going on that you could do, but obviously middle of winter, yeah, yeah. a lot of the activities are outdoors, which you don't want to be. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's just a great place to be. And of course, last year there was that extraordinary shot that went viral. Um, was it Nick Brett? Uh, uh, yeah, two well two years ago. Two years yeah, ago. you didn't play last sorry, year. Sorry, not last year. Yeah, but sorry. No, yeah, sorry. Um, two, two years ago, there was that I know, extraordinary shot. Absolutely. And when you talked to him, he said, "Well, it was just another shot I was attempting to play." You know, and it's just <laughs> literally. I mean, it was absolutely perfection shot. You know, and uh, trying to squeeze. You know, between the two balls he did it was absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, nine times out of ten, you wouldn't get it. You know, it's one of those shots. You know, to, to, to play nine that well. Nine times out of ten. And it just <laughs> literally, you know, it's. You know, it was yeah, absolutely spot on. It really was. I don't know how many views it's had online because it, it did go, it really blew up. And uh, I mean, how much does something like that do for the sport of bowls? Oh, well, it can only get, you know, it's, it's, it's like the best shot in football or, you know, it really ramps it up and people, sort of, more people watch it now and uh, get them to understand the game, you know. That's yeah. why we, I suppose it's trying to make it exciting for television, you know, with the shorter games and, um, you know, knockouts and all the rest of it it's literally you know you one chance and that's it sort of thing so it just makes that a little bit more exciting you've been you've won everything in the game indoors um do you have any remaining bowling ambitions um obviously it depends what new competitions come along i suppose it's you know they seem to be um trying to revamp things and, and change things i know that there's a, a few scandals going on there's british owls um, certainly on the outdoor front, they're, they're trying to change what's been around for 118 years and there's a big, you know, hoo-ha going on at the moment with that. So there, there's, you know, different views, different people coming into the administration side trying to, you know, like I say, change it, make it more exciting for people to, to play and to watch. Um, so, so I think, you know, um, things are moving all, along all the way. So. What's your viewpoint about bowls generally then as a sport? Um, obviously, uh, when you, I'm involved... You see it at the top end. Well, this is it. Um, I think Australia have, have gone down the route of, of trying to make it exciting. They really do short games, but they do team events. And I think it's more... Sometimes it can be more exciting as a team event rather than just watching a singles player because there's that team... Um, Jovialty, you know, in just enjoying each other, and you have a good shot, and it's yeah, you know, and uh, you don't get a lot of that in a singles game, you know. So it's as much as I enjoy playing singles, I think the team game to me needs to come back alive. You know? So do you think so. Britain or the UK perhaps learn something from Australia in terms of pre presentation? Yeah, I certainly do. Um, like I say, just to make it a shorter game, even for for. Uh, games on the TV, you know, you could watch three or four in the same time frame as what we play one game, you know, it uh, just helps to come, make things come alive a bit more. I mean, the fact you've done so much, have you had any have you got your, any playing regrets? I mean, you, it seems to me you're a good, you're obviously a class bowler, one of the, you've, nobody in Guernsey bowls has done more for the sport and put done more to put the sport in sort of out in the public, but I mean, do you feel you could have, would you like to have played more outdoors? I mean, because you made a conscious effort a while ago not to play. Um, yeah, I mean, 
that was a big decision to sort of cut. There was quite a few different reasons why I stopped. Um, I suppose my I, I attempted to try playing professionally for three months while I was in Australia. I enjoyed it, and I, I from that I learned that I enjoy it as a amateur rather than playing it as a professional. So was that outdoors? That, that was outdoors. That was um, I, we went to Australia for three months and played for a club. Um, it wasn't a, the biggest club I could play for, but it was one that was willing to let me come in and, you know, play for that sort of season. Um, and like I say, I enjoyed it, and we, we won the, the area finals that we were in. Um, but, yeah, the pressures you've got to be under to be, actually be a professional is, is totally different. Um, I don't know whether I, I could have handled it or, or not. Um, it would have been a big step. Um, a regret? A small one. Not to have to, not having tried it, um, I suppose I had a small experience of it. But that's that's probably my only small regret, I suppose. But I uh, know I think I've I've enjoyed what I've done and achieved, and and you know hopefully there's still more for me to do. And the Commonwealth, I mean, it's obviously something you could have done so much more. Do you do you, do you have any pangs of, oh, I wish when you know when it's in Birmingham next year uh, when it's played is any any thoughts on that um to be honest I did four Commonwealth um and I enjoyed every one of them my most memorable and I really thought I could actually get a medal was in Melbourne um and I was I, got, I lost in the quarter final um and I should have won it and that was my my gutting experience if you like because yeah. that's the one I thought I could do well at um, but outdoor greens are obviously totally different to indoor. Um, Birmingham, I've, I don't know what their greens are going to be like. I think they're playing at Leamington Spa, I believe, um, that, which are supposed to be some of the best greens in the UK. But they are so much heavier than indoors. And um, I, I, I own up, I, I have struggled to play on heavier greens in the past. Who hasn't? I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, so I when I, throw it when when I, I won my world championship on outdoor, it was on Australia because the greens were so much quicker. Yeah. Um, so I think my my better game is playing on quicker surfaces. Yeah. Uh, you know. So if you moved to Australia, you might have still played. Might, might have been okay, yeah. you know. Yeah. But uh, no, like I say, I've, I have achieved things on heavier surfaces, but whether I. Could have done, should have done, you know. And you had the elbow problem, of course. Well, that was one of the reasons, you know. It it was um, just just couldn't, you know, it got me down and and got me down in life because I couldn't even do simple things, you know. I mean, my favourite meal is steak and chips. I couldn't even cut my steak, you know. That's (laughs) how bad it was, you know. So, so yeah, so that was a decision after I'd had that done was definitely not playing outside again because, unfortunately, the greens and goons are very heavy and uh, I just wouldn't cope with them, so... And of course, we've got the, I said these Ireland Championships over the next fortnight. Do you um, see any new names possibly coming on the scene to perhaps win any of the, any of the various titles? Um, obviously, there's a few that have come through. Um, Brad Lanieri, um, he's certainly coming on. His game's coming on very well. Um, obviously, it's Ben Harvey's doing quite well as well. Um, so there, there's, there could be some upsets, but I think there's some regular faces that are there as well. So it's like Ali Merriam. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's obviously on the men's side. Um, ladies' side, like I say, there's, there's a, um, probably the same faces, but just slightly different teams. And just looking slightly further ahead, of course, Island Games uh, is kind of a well, the delayed Island Games is sort of back on the horizon, and indoor bowls will be part of that. I mean, is that something that you want to be a sort of centre part of? Um, I would like to be involved. How I, how at the moment I'm, I'm not too sure, but uh, 
we'll see what happens. It's another two years away yet. So, mm. have they decided what the hell they're going to play? Um, they, for the for the indoor bowls, it'll be um, singles, pairs, and triples. So there'll be a maximum of six people that could come in a in a, an island team. Or we've done it so that you can actually either play singles and pairs, and then the same three people can play in the triple. So you could bring just three people. Um, so yeah, it's be quite interesting to see how many islands. I think when we worked it out, we could potentially have up to ten, maybe eleven islands that could actually play in in, in the, the games uh, for indoor bowls. But whether we get you know all those islands coming, I'm not too sure. But we'll we'll wait and see. Yeah, something to look forward to. Well, thanks very much, Ali, for coming in. Uh, best of luck over the next couple of weeks and into January. Yeah, lots on the agenda. So uh, we'll yeah, be following it closely. Thank you very much. Ali Merrion there. Great to see her on the cusp of a return to top-level competition. Um, let's have a look then at what else is coming up a bit sooner. Uh, Gareth, a big weekend for the Raiders men. Yeah, um, last week uh, Raiders were due to go to second-placed Isha in National 2 South, but because of the uh, weather and the flight cancellations, they didn't go, which um, I sort of put to Jordan Reynolds today that might have been a, a benefit to them, seeing as they haven't had a rest. But um, as it's turned out, they've, they've got a couple of illnesses in the squad this week. Um, so they will be missing some regulars in their team. But they've got another big game coming up against Old Albanian, who are level on points with Raiders in the league. Um, both sides are in, in the top eight. I mean, they're seventh and eighth, but there's only six points that cover the top eight teams. It's a really competitive league, this one. And um, Old Albanian, they've they've won seven of their 12 games. And, I mean, if you look through their defeats, they've, they've hardly lost by more than about two or three points every time they've lost. So they're, they're obviously a very, very capable side. Um, unfortunately, the weather's not looking great again, but... Um, <laughs> Coming a bit of a pattern. I know, but uh, as long as they get That's out That's not good pitch, to hear. I want St Peter's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be quite a tactical battle, I think, on the rugby field. Um, there'll be, when you're playing with the wind, it's... Um, it should be, theoretically be a benefit, but we know from the past that Raiders tend to play better into the wind, so I think it'd be quite an interesting contest. And um, yeah, if Raiders come out on top of that one, they, they could sort of jump two or three places because it's, it's sort of that close. They could be back up in the top four, I think, by the, by the end of the weekend if they come out victorious. Yeah, the first of uh, a couple of big home games to come before Christmas and then, and then away in the, the final round of fixtures of the year at Canterbury. Uh, it is so tight at the top, isn't it? As you say, six points separating Guernsey and, then, and, and Red Ruth at the top at the moment. Obviously, a, a few games have been lost over the last couple of weeks. But um, yeah, prediction for where Guernsey are going to go into the new year in? Um, I would reckon because they've got sort of two home games out of three left before the new year, I would, I would expect... Well, I'd hope they'd probably be in the top five by the turn of the year. Um, I don't think they can drop below eighth, but it's, it is so tight at the top. Um, Bury St Edmunds are here at Foots Lane next week. I think that's one that Raiders will definitely be favourites for. And Canterbury away, well, I'm sure that's going to be a pretty tough game, but I think we're capable of getting something out of it. So, yeah, um, if we can reach 2022 in the top five, I think that's a pretty good effort for the first half of the season. Yeah, that would represent pretty good business, I think. Uh, Rob, you're going to be at St Peter's, you said? Yeah, dusty old passport out. <laughs> yeah, I have been up to St Peter's for um, for quite a while, and, and it was only early this morning I found out why. It seems that they've been sort of dealt a very strange hand of fixtures this season. They basically played nearly all their away games in the first half of the season. Um, they now face a run, I think they're going to have, apart from one game at Portsmouth next week, down to at Sandstorm City, down at, down at Rovers. Um, they get, they've got nine home games on the trot, uh, Martin Degore tells me. So um, 
the fact that there's a bit of a fortress up there for Sylvans, I think they may well be finishing the season quite strongly. Um, and Saturday, of course, they're playing the champions, Martins, who are without a couple of players. Um, sad to hear that Simon Gill's picked up quite a nasty injury, damaged some vertebrae, so he's going to be out for quite a while. Jamie Dodd will be with um, GFC, so... Um, yeah, it could be a very interesting encounter up there. Yeah, safe travels up there, Rob. Uh, Jamie, quiet weekend for you? Indeed, yes. Yeah, well, enjoy it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob, um, on your way past there, there's been a bit of a discovery at the airport, I gather. Yeah, oh, Trevor Gallin, my old friend from the grammar school and World Bar Builders Championship. It's great that I sort of, you know, mixed with such celebrated folks as <laughs> four, three or four-time world champions, even if it is in bar billiards. Um He's been reunited with his beloved Q, he tells me. Um, it was went missing after his you know, long-distance trip to Jersey and um, to the latest worlds, and um, he spent a long time making frenetic calls about where it was, etc. was getting no luck, and then all of a sudden, they found it in the shed. <laughs> Did they look there in the first place? Yeah. One asks. And the, the second question is: uh, Have they looked to see if there's an old Jeremy silver cup there with Mark Albert Jeremy <laughs> on? Because one wonders whether that's ha- where that's disappeared to in the last seven months. Still no news on that on my front, I'm afraid. Well, maybe we can get Trevor on the case of the Jeremy then. It sounds like he's uh, yeah, he's, he's good at chasing these things down. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't do the looking. He just made the. He just did all the hassling, I believe. You know, but he got he got what he wanted, and he's. And he, um, he's been back to winning ways um, on the local scene. Could he not get another queue? I'm sure he could have got another queue, but, um, but the fact is, I mean, these top queuists do tell me that, that they do get attached to these things, you know, and um, they have a certain feel for this piece of wood and a tip on the end, so you have to go with that, you know. It's not quite like when you and I just turn up at the pub having a quick report. It's not like you and a cricket bat, Tony, well, where it doesn't make... Much difference in <laughs> what type of bat it is because you're going to miss the bloody thing I, anyway. I really like the, the really small cues they have. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, that's something about you I didn't know, Tony. Yeah, it's manoeuvrable around a, around a pub pool table. Um, well, thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much for joining me, guys. Uh, have a good weekend wherever you are. If you enjoy what you're listening, do give us a share or like on social media. We're at GSY Press Sport on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, pick up a paper for the very best local sports coverage six days a week. Um, we'll see you next time. Cheers, Cheers Tony. Tony. Cheers, Tony.